All those ideas are the ones that come to mind once people get off the floor when we say we're building a you know, brand new city off the ground. They're like, what do you mean? Then they start to say, oh, wow. Welcome to the Fourthly Podcast. On this episode, we'll talk with an entrepreneur who is designing and building new sustainable cities. The fact is that we're at an inflection point for the planet right now. Last week, the UN said the world's population had surpassed 8 billion people. And meanwhile, we're worried about how we're going to deal with climate change as well as feed all these people. My guest today is someone who spent a decade at Apple, then followed Tony Fidel to Nest, and now is taking on the biggest challenge of all, saving the planet via new, better cities. Alberta Sherb is co-founder and CEO of a new startup called 100,000 Million, a startup focused on building new cities that are human-centered, nature-focused, and sustainable at the core. I'm Brett Waters. I've been in Silicon Valley my entire life, immersed in the world of entrepreneurship, innovation, and venture capital. I run a startup accelerator program named Fourthly. This is the Fourthly Podcast. With me today is Alberto Scher, co-founder and CEO of 100,000 Million, a new startup focused on building new cities that are human-centered, nature-focused, and sustainable at the core. So, Alberto, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me, Brett. So, building new cities, that that sounds pretty ambitious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tell us more. Tell us more. Definitely. You know, we we uh, often get that reaction. And uh, to us, uh, we think that that's, uh, that's one of the main things that we need to do as, let's call it civilization. Uh, because if we continue to build cities or build upon the cities, it's not that we continue to build cities, but uh, if we continue to build uh, around the cities that we have, we'll only get marginal uh effects on on actually becoming more sustainable yeah. as a city, right? Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is start from scratch. And that's that's where the project becomes not just ambitious, ambitious it's really ambitious because you have to take everything off the grid uh, so you don't have the, let's say, the taxation of, of these uh, water grids and energy grids right. that are out right. there. Uh, developers know that that's a huge cost every time they want to develop. And of course, the land and this is where it becomes interesting. The land is really expensive around the cities. And what we think is that there's enough land around the world where if we use the current uh, knowledge that we have as, as humans and proven technology, there's no future rocket science or Mars science mm-hmm. here. Uh, mm-hmm. We have to stop mm-hmm. saying rocket science because everybody's doing rockets these days, but there's no uh, you know, <laughs> intergalactic uh, technology here that needs to be developed. It's just, it's just proven technology that we have for, in, pa- in fact, for past decades. It's not even this decade that we had it. And uh, if we put it all together, uh, we should be able to build these cities. There's no reason why we shouldn't have them. And that's, that's kind of where we started. We said, look, um, there's no sustainable cities. Uh, people talk about smart cities. And I try to tell people that we are not a smart city per se, but we will use the technology as long as it takes us towards sustainability. So we don't call our city a smart city because it's it's it has to be, right? And we're in 2022. I mean, technology has to be there, but not if it gets in the way of sustainability. And uh, and at the end of the day, that's that's uh, that's what we're trying to do. Make sure these these cities get built, right? Right. So what we care about is sustainability and using, and using some of these technologies that are called, you know, smart city technologies, that might be kind of part of where we get to sustainability. But the end goal 
isn't just building smart cities. The end goal is building cities that are sustainable. Right, because uh, 70% of the uh, footprint comes from cities where people live. And there's yeah. about you yeah. know, two, 2 billion people that are going to come in in the next uh, two to three decades into the city specifically. And, and we have a housing crisis everywhere we look at. I mean, even in Helsinki, uh, where I live, it's, it's, a, it's a problem as well. And if we continue to build in this around the cities, uh, we we can't ever get to the point that we can have a fully sustainable city there anyway. So that's mm-hmm. where we come in and say, hey, let's let's start building these outside of uh, you know outside of where it's where the land is cheap, but with technology, proven technology, we can actually make a functional city. And then this is where it gets really interesting because. Even building a city is not that hard per se. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a huge effort. But the real kicker here is that figuring out the communities that are going to make these cities thrive—that's mm-hmm. the questions that everybody. When when we talk to everybody, they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I I don't know how to handle humans. You know, how how to create an economy from zero, how to uh, make a vibrant community." And how to, uh, you know, uh, how to even create a core function of a city. Uh, because, you know, we're going to put them out in the, in the middle of nowhere, technically. Um, although they don't have to be like that far away. But, but uh, in lands that today are not relevant for that, right? And those are the questions that we're, that we really focus on today. So we're not architects in the team. Uh, we have an architect, sorry, a developer. Uh, but we are, you know, industrial engineers and electrical engineers. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we introduce ourselves as father of two kids. Each one of us has has two kids, and and we try to send the message that we're doing this not for the purpose of you know making a quick buck. Because real estate or you know dealing with real estate is never a, a quick turn. Well, you should get the area and Mikey, but or the rest of the world it's not. And so we want to build this for the future generations. Right at the end, we believe that. If we build the city correctly uh, with the community, we can envision or we can see a future where two or three generations after us, uh, people or kids that grow up there, they won't know the difference between sustainable and not being sustainable because if you do it right, sustainability would be just something that is just part of your life. But if we don't build that environment, we're still going to have to like, oh, how do I become more sustainable? How do I live the 1.5? lifestyle so I can get to sustainability. Like, no, we have to build this right. correctly. So these uh, future generations, uh, we, we, neither one of us will be here when that happens. But, but if we don't do it today, you know, there might not be a place for them to play. So I get the fact that building new, it's always easier to get to where you want to be than retrofitting. So in other words, mm-hmm. you know, if I want to, bi- if I want to build a new house today, if I buy a piece of land and want to build a new house on it, you know, it's pretty straightforward to make that house energy efficient, sustainable, put solar panels on the roof, have a gray water system, do all of that stuff. But retrofitting an existing house with all of those things is much more difficult. In your case, so I totally get the fact that building a new city from scratch is going to be you know, more efficient, more effective, more sustainable, all of that stuff. But where, you know, where would you do this? Give us some examples of places where you could build a new city from scratch. Well. The first one that we're doing, and we actually have the property for it already. We uh, we secured 450 hectares in mm-hmm. Chile. In Chile, Chile mm-hmm. yes, it's South America. 
the reason why we went there is because uh, we want to achieve two main things on our first city, which is um, consume one third of water and one third hmm. of electricity. One third compared to Helsinki. Helsinki is your benchmark. Interesting. Okay. Yes, and Helsinki is 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 really high compared to the U.S. standards, right? So for sure, I mean, for sure. I mean, because or else we would have to say, you know, like uh, very high numbers. <laughs> so, so, but Helsinki is is a pretty high bar, and uh, we want to achieve one third of that, right? To to get to that uh, consumption, and um, why why we chose Chile is because we have an opportunity to leverage a 24-hour renewable energy source. So we have a very high solar power during the day hmm. and a lot, enough uh, or strong winds during the night uh, throughout hmm. the year that can allow us to actually mm-hmm. have a, a lower battery setup, let's say, uh, mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. energy uh, uh, production, uh, renewable production. So that, that actually mm-hmm. helps us. Now, uh, this happens to be a very nice piece of land because it's, you know, it's a coastline. It's, you have some, a little bit of hill and you have the beach. Um, and we don't think all the, all the cities are going to be the same, but we have the opportunity to, to pretty much create the cities. And this is where it gets interesting anywhere around the world, as long as we can, uh, ins- ensure that there's enough, uh, solar power. An additional alternative uh, uh, power, and uh, and of course water. And water is becoming, uh, or sorry, is a problem for everybody. So we believe yeah. that once we start doing uh, our first city and ensuring that we can get to the one third, um, we we can trigger this this conversation about like, well, everything should be actually consuming a lot less than what mm-hmm. it is. And uh, besides the five gallons or six gallons that we consume in every time we flush or 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 anything like that, we should start to think about how do we design the plumbing systems in the house, but actually do it at a city scale, not just, you know, I do it in my home in Tahoe and I feel happy for myself, but more like uh, the whole community starts to change it, right? So uh, technically to answer the, 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 an- the question about where, uh, it's, it's technically anywhere around the world. We just have to, uh, we mm. use a system of our own to figure out where the best location, and that's kind of our trade secret. Because we we believe that once we build the first city, the next one will be highly sought out for. So then we don't technically say where else we're going to build other than the country. So we, we have uh, our goal to look at Italy, then Mexico, and then uh, Portugal. Of course, these are all Mediterranean-style-ish uh, areas because it's easier to, yeah. to design the something passively. Yep. So you're not going to demand too much of power for cooling or heating and the other way around. So that's our first pass. And then later to the Nordics <laughs> or something complex. So right, so right now we need, you know, we need to locate the city where there's water, obviously, where there is some sort of power, solar, wind, maybe local hydro, who knows. And we also, right now, we want to be in a climate where we can do passive heating and cooling. Yes, correct. But Alberto, there's another component here, which is that people need to live somewhere where they can get jobs. So right. how does that factor in? No, totally. And uh, as I was saying earlier in the conversation, and this is the where we're focused on, uh, creating that community, uh, not, only we're, not only are we talking about how people are going to interact in the city, 
but also what are the businesses that we attract to this to these cities, right? Uh, and here, here it gets very interesting because we we don't have the answer to that. And and what we're doing is we're using uh, futures literacy uh, techniques um, okay. to to do uh, labs with people to understand what are the things that are that are that they're thinking about the future in regards to the communities, and then we we use that to figure out how to best uh, incorporate those those fears of people or those uh, those uh, thoughts of what what they they want in the future. And this is where I think uh, on our follow on uh, we can invite Jaime because he's an expert in this field. So I'm going to stop there so he can talk a lot about that. But, uh, <laughs> nice. The, yeah, and then, but also, um, we believe that there's the business side, which you asked, is key here. Of course, there's the move after the pandemic, where a lot of people work from around the world, although that's changing. Right. But but we see companies, um, uh, and if we provide the the test bed for for people to to work in these communities, I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't say it was a smart city, but it has to be uh, at par with any connected city. So. If you happen to have this conversation, like you, are, you and I are, you in California, I'm in Helsinki, it shouldn't matter. I could be in Chile mm-hmm. and uh, it should be able mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to, to work for us. Um, of course, you know, there's other bigger ideas that we have about, uh, or larger ideas that we have about uh, uh, potential businesses. We've talked to uh, vertical farming companies that could help us. Yeah implement a not only a source of jobs for the city but a source of food for the city and the region mm. right. right so if we drive everything through the basics of what we need and not not getting too complicated we think about education we think about health and we t- think about food we believe that those three can help us trigger the economy that we you know like i said earlier we, we don't know exactly how to trigger an economy from zero but mm-hmm. we're getting to the point that by by covering those angles that are the basic uh, needs, right? Or some of the basic needs that are all, or we can get activity to, to happen uh, from the first uh, habitats of this, this uh, city, right? I suppose you could even have corporate sponsors, right? In the sense that many, you know, many global companies are looking for new places that they can establish themselves, new places to have talent pools of employees. So I could see a new city uh, perhaps having some corporate sponsors as well. And that way you've got sort of a local economy going. Yes, we have, uh, it, specifically in Chile, we have one one opportunity where um, a lot of the people that work in the mining community um, mm-hmm. don't actually, or can't actually live in the mine because of the copper mm-hmm. mines. So, but they end oh. up living somewhere close by. So these large companies that have a lot of funds could potentially be some of the companies that... Uh, that find it interesting for us to to create the city for their employee. Mm-hmm. Um, they might become sponsors, or we may just offer them, you know, uh, a sort of partnership uh, for the city in a way, right? And and that's very local to Chile. Each country would be different. The name of your startup is a hundred thousand million. So tell us how the name came about. <laughs> okay, so Jaime is much much better at this than me, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this the idea is that based on on the the con- current technology that we have and the knowledge, mm-hmm. we should be able to uh, host um, in this world if we use it correctly. Uh, we should be able to have a hundred thousand million people in this world of ours, even though people say, oh, mm-hmm. there's not enough land. 
No, no, we right. should be able to if we actually, you know, did it in properly. But but what we're saying is, okay, uh, engineering-wise, you can calculate that and say you can get there. And then our goal is to plan to to try to get there. We're not hoping that population becomes that. But in thinking in that form, we can, uh, and not to say that we're going to sandbag it, but it's like if we shoot for 100,000 million, mm. right? I mean, we mm -hmm. should be able to be assigning this to to yeah. to a lot higher number than we have today, uh, but it, mm -hmm. but in a sustainable manner. And that's kind of the, the gist of the idea. Um, like I said, uh, Jaime is much, much better at this than me. I, um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I hope I did well today. <laughs> yeah, makes sense to me. What's the status of the, of the company? What's the funding status? What's the next big milestone for you guys? Um, sure. So right now we've secured um, around $750,000 uh, uh, from Great. our main investor. We have one main investor in uh, Portland. And uh, this this investor is also our partner because he is the person that can actually build the city. So he's got some developments okay. in, in the U.S. So that uh, that helps us a lot because when people ask, who are you and why are you building cities? So specifically architects and developers ask us that. And, and when our answer is like, well, because you're not doing it, they're like, well, how are you going to actually do it? And here's where our partner comes in, right? So financially, he's, he's uh, helping us get this going. And uh, our next step is to, um, we have to, once we select the land, there's things you need to do around um, um, studies and uh, environmental studies and, and all these permits. So that's our, mm -hmm. that's our plan right now for this piece of land that we have in Chile. And uh, those are, mm -hmm. those are going to be the next 12 months as specific to the land. But in, meanwhile, we're developing the, the uh, master plan of the city. Very, very cool. And then this, this city in Chile kind of becomes the, the pilot project, the test bed. And then once we kind of prove out the concept there, prove out our technologies, prove out our methodologies, Correct. then we replicate the idea in other places around the world. Correct. That's the whole uh, premise of this uh, idea is to not just build one city, but be able to create the recipe so we can, um, you know, learn and repeat. And, and ideally, uh, a lot of competition comes our way with the same values of trying to do this for the right reason, uh, because sustainability normally gets thrown out the window once people try to optimize for cost. So you have to be, you have to stand your ground there. So um, I think if we, if we're able to get the attention of people to, to go challenge us in a way, that would be, I think that's when we can say we've actually dent, uh, we made a dent on this world and got people to change to sustainably construct. Uh, to build sustainably, right? Or to construct sustainably, right. uh, seriously, not not in paper. And then things get, you know, optimized for cost, which which is uh, often seen. Right, right. So help me understand kind of the other, um, the other guiding principles as you design a new city from scratch. So we, we've talked about sustainability. So we've talked about uh, water usage, uh, reducing water usage by a third from, uh, from the benchmark of Helsinki. Same with power usage. And also, not only do we want to reduce usage, but we want both the water and power to be sustainable. 
Right. And then what are the other kind of guiding principles in terms of, you know, I'm looking for, live, you know, livability. Um, of course. You know, those, all those other things. So walk us through those. Right. So um, we have, we definitely uh, focus on inclusion. And we start that by, by thinking of how we design the city, but not in the way of, you know, how does the building look, but more like, how do you think about the people that are going to help us build the city? Because if we start from there, we start to think about everybody that's part of the city, right? So I'm talking about people that are going to literally lift bricks for us and things like that. So we start from there. So uh, also we, in, in um, inclusivity, we, we have, um, we're, we're thinking about the way the education is is proposed for the cities where we have uh, everybody, um, you know, uh, meet together uh, regardless of where where you come or what you have or you don't have, um, because we we've, we've seen that uh, kids uh, they don't until we until we uh, influence them they don't have these these layers of uh, or filters about what what I should you know uh, differentiate. So we're thinking that creating the city around the education of of kids and uh, the whole community by itself, we believe that we'll bring people together. Uh, we're also trying to design the city in a way that it's not a, res- a city for rich people. Um, and, and we don't say like, we don't want rich people here, but it's not designed for rich people to come here on vacation and suddenly you uh, know, nobody right. can live there because that's... Right. We can't, I mean, we can't replicate that, right? It, uh, I mean, you can, but it's not, it's not worth our time or, or at least not my lifetime, right? So we mm-hmm. want to build this so people can actually achieve it. So, or, you know, and achieve to live there. And what the, the way we do this is by working on the reasonably uh, priced homes uh, because we get lands that are very uh, low cost because they're not seen as useful to everybody else. We mm-hmm. see them as a gold mine, but also we see it as a way to to ensure that people have a place to go, right? Or companies have an incentive to come because, uh, you know, roughly 20% of a, a city, uh, sorry, the cost of a city is, is just land. So if you reduce that a lot, mm-hmm. then, you know, it makes it, mm-hmm. you have a lot of margin to work on. Now, mm-hmm. um, we don't, we don't, we swear not to be <laughs> greedy, of course, but uh, we want to use the same um, uh, leverage for for replicability, right? Um, so, so yeah. So, and then of course we have uh, for us very important is health and education. Both both of those are the things that we believe are going to be the triggers for people to think about this city. Yeah, because uh, to any person out there. If um, if I tell them that their um, their their kids or their nephews are going to have a better education and have a good health system behind them, they'll listen to me to see where this city is and potentially move there, right? Uh, just like I did from the Bay Area to Finland, because that's what I that's what I saw about Finland, uh, despite me living in the Bay Area, um, but and. But I think in other regions, that'll be, that'll be, those are things that are important for people, education and health. And there's more, but those are, those are the pillars that we think are, are going to trigger people to think about it. Yeah. 
Right. Well, it's certainly true for, for you know, you, you mentioned before that you and your co-founder each have two kids and that that kind of drives your, uh, drives your thinking as it, you know, as it does for any parent. And it's certainly true for me that, you know, kind of, you know, my wife and I are in our 60s now. Earlier in our life, our decision about where to live was completely driven by the kids. In other words, you know, we want to live somewhere that's a good place for the kids. Right. And usually that usually that starts with education, right? You want to move somewhere where your kids kids have access to good quality schools. Um, and then it also expands from there into a place where your kids will meet will meet the right friends and will have the right activities and yada yada yada. Right. And and that and now that uh now that my wife and I are empty nesters and heading into a new phase in our life, uh the driver probably is more health, right? That if we were to relocate right now, my wife and I would want to relocate somewhere where we could have healthy living and also we'd have access to good health care because you know, as you as you get to the later stages in your life, access to health healthcare is important. Right. right, right. Um, and um, and you just mentioned the fact that you know one of the reasons why you moved to Finland is that Finland is a country that's known for both those things. It's known for right for, for great education. It's also known for great healthcare. <laughs> that's a hard thing to replicate. Hard thing to replicate from from scratch, right? Of course, if you if you aim to replicate exactly, but I think. Mm-hmm that there's going to be specifically our first city there is there is a a much better lifestyle that we can that we can create by trying to achieve the levels of the finland um experience that we're having i mm-hmm. mean I, here i don't have a car for example in the city mm-hmm. we're thinking that everything should be a five minute walk and yep. the first option should not be your car it'll be the system that we have, right? So does that mean I have to replicate Helsinki's, in my mind, flawless public transportation? Because in my mind, it is flawless. Like the, the one time that they fail or that the tram doesn't pass, I, I almost clap to say like, oh, so you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really right, good. Right. You're right. So, but we have to, this is what we're envisioning for the city. The, the architects did a sketch of the, of the city once because <laughs> we don't let them do sketches until we really want, you know, once once we're sure what we're going to build. And they had a huge road in the middle. And I'm like, I asked the question, do you want to spend that piece of land that could be for people, for cars? And then I just yeah. put it out there. And then one of the architects says, look, dude, somebody's going to need an ambulance. And I'm like, oh, I'm right. like, okay. But then, <laughs> so it's just... Last week, I had a conversation with somebody else. They're like, no, 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 you can put a drone. You can drone people around. It's big enough now right. that you... And I'm like, okay, sure. Well, and I'm not sure about that. You might kill them from a heart attack now, but but, uh, <laughs> but it's... But, but, you know, it made us think. It's like, oh, okay, so if we do eliminate roads, how do we, how do we achieve for that? And that's where we have to think different. And then, sorry, your conversation reminded me about um, what is important to us. Um, it, and again, it comes to Helsinki because this is what we're experiencing and we're seeing the, the differences with the world uh, or the worlds that we come from. My, my co-founder is from Chile. Um, and we, um, we, we want the city, we believe that the city should be walkable for a three-year-old to a 85-year-old without the yeah. need of them having to worry about being run over or, 
or whatever, right? And uh, so mm-hmm. then this brings into question like, okay, how are you going to do mobility? Are you going to have people running on scooters at excess speed? And so all these things come into play because uh, these are great tools today. And if we want to build a city like this, it has to, we want three-year-olds to, you know, to to feel like that they're not going to be run over. Like this shouldn't be that. For sure. That you fear the car and the car occupies most of your street. Right. And of course, I've, I've spent my entire life uh, in California, which uh, notoriously has terrible public transportation. And it's, lar- it's largely because California was, was built, kind of built during the automobile era, right? It was the 1950s and 1960s that, that California started booming as a population center. And in the 1950s and 1960s, everybody was about their cars. Um, right. And so California was kind of built out for the automobile. It wasn't built for public transportation. And as a result, we have terrible public transportation here compared to uh, most of the great cities of the world. So, yes. you know, to me, to me, this is, a, you know, part of the attraction of what you're talking about is, you know, is, you know, is how cool would it be if you built a city from the ground up to have modern public transportation where there is, a, where, as you said, there's no need to own a car. Because, you know, because you can, you know, you can walk to or jump on great public transportation and get to anywhere in the city within, with that, within 10 minutes. Right. right. Um, and even, I can even imagine, you know, you mentioned ambulances and I can even imagine uh, ambulances that run on the public transportation tracks, right? And, and uh, they could be prioritized such that the ambulance can, you know, zip right through and be prioritized over all the other traffic. Right, right. I can envi- envision that that might might work, or as you said, you know, drones, autonomous drones. Perhaps. And somebody has said it, said it, but uh, but those all those ideas are the ones that come to mind uh, once people get off the floor when we say we're building a you know a brand new city off the ground. They're like, "What do you mean?" And then and then they start to say, "Oh wow, so I could potentially have a place where I bike everywhere, and I have I don't have to worry sure. about being run over or." Or, right. you know, these things. Uh, we're even thinking right. like education, for example. We're trying to work with the architects on not changing the the education um, curriculum, but like, why does it have to be inside a classroom? Why can't the city be designed that over the stages of everybody's life, you can use the city to to learn uh, especially with the new technologies that are coming up and may it be uh, augmented reality or, or, you know, even podcasts, right? You can walk around the city and learn about something. And, but we're thinking ab- about all these angles on how do we, uh, we n- not changing it for the sake of it, but more for the, for the sake of being sustainable. But in that, uh, health comes into play, right? And if we keep an sure. active community, people that walk over to the center or, let's say the beach area, um, they wanted to put a uh, resident and they put it, well, they wanted to put high end residential. And I said, no, 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 the beach is for everybody. We need to make people go to the beach and not feel like they can't go to the beach. It's like, it has to be inclusive. We can't, you know, segregate the rich to be on top or, or on front or below or whatever. It's like, everybody right. has to be mixed. Uh, and I know it's going to be hard, right? Uh, but we think that if we, if we started off with the right community, people are going to want to have this this normal life. That's what it, that's uh, what it should be. Yeah. yeah, that's what we're aiming for. 
So Alberto, last question is, I have to ask you how, uh, how a Latin American guy ended up in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, and then ended up in Helsinki. How did that happen? How did that happen? You know, somebody asked me this recently. Sim- well, not, not exactly the same, but uh, it was during the lunch where my mother was sitting there. And then I looked at her and I said, because of her, that's, <laughs> she's, the, she's the reason. And, and, and it is, I think. So my mother told me a long time ago that, that uh, you know, if somebody else can do something, you can do it too. And uh, it was just kind of a, mm-hmm. a thing you tell your kids, right? Sure, um, sure. <laughs> and then after that, uh, every step of the way, I've always seen, seen uh, you know, seen the way to do things. And normally I call myself the, the, the person that tries to get things done. So I, you know, I try it and, mm-hmm. I, and I go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, so anyway, the, the long story short of that or the short story of that long story is uh, uh, <laughs> I used to work for Flextronics in Mexico and uh, I got a customer who was Palm. Uh, Palm. Mm-hmm. Palm Pilot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I, remember, I remember them. Yep. Yep. So after uh, a, uh, a funny conversation, I ended up with a job in, in the Bay Area. Then another conversation a year after that, I got invited to go work at Apple. Uh, people told mm-hmm. me I was crazy because Apple had a, like a very small market share and they're like, oh, their computers are, you know, for, for designers only. And I said, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think the guy at the top has, has a, has the right (laughs) things connected. Not, I don't, I don't say it in 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 hindsight, right? I, I, I thought this before. Uh, and then of course it was a very good 10 years of my life at Apple. Then, uh, after that, I did my master's at Duke. I went to Nest, of course, with, to work with one of my heroes. Uh, although I've met yep. my hero, Tony Fidel, and I met a Fidel, bunch of great yep. people there. And uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then after that, uh, you know, these, these friends uh, they said, "Hey, uh, let's build the uh, sustainable cities." And I I have a very large, uh, sorry, my family has a lot of land in Mexico, so I've always been the crazy kid that says that I'll build a city in our land. And up until last year, everybody thought I was crazy. Now they're like, oh, okay, so now he's building city somewhere. So he might be, <laughs> might be building it here. And uh, uh, so anyway, so, so they invited me to do that, uh, to, to do this uh, project. And uh, Helsinki was a, a very simple choice for my wife. It took me a week to tell her that, yeah. we, that I was proposing that we move to Helsinki. <laughs> it took her 30 seconds to say we're going for the exact same reasons that I talked about earlier, education, mm-hmm. you know, um, yep. and, uh, and we're in love here, right? So it's, the city is amazing. And, uh, you know, we're, there's struggles here and there, but, um, uh, yeah, but anyway, so that, sorry, that's a very long story to answer your question. Uh, that's how I got here. <laughs> well, my, my wife's f- family is from Finland. So I have a, I have a fondness for, uh, for the country of Finland for sure. So, uh, Alberta, this has been great. Um, <clears throat> this is, uh, you know, I think it's, um, so last week the earth passed, uh, 8 billion inhabitants, right? According to the UN last week, we passed the 8 billion point. And meanwhile, you know, we're all very worried about the future of the planet. We're worried about climate. We're worried about how we can, as humans kind of learn more sustainable habits and build more sustainable infrastructure. 
you know, and I think it's pretty interesting, you know, I'm very fascinated by the whole topic of urban planning, right? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, when you, and we have a lot of kind of examples to look at today, everything from the great cities of London and Rome that took, Mm -hmm. you know, 2000, 2000 years to grow, uh, to cities like, uh, like Dubai that Mm -hmm. took like 20, like 20 years to build, but they were built in a place that, you know, doesn't really have the elements of sustainability available to it. Right. And so the idea of the idea of kind of looking across the landscape, looking at all of the different examples out there of cities in the world and figuring out how we can take the learnings from all of these different cities around the Mm -hmm. world and use them to create brand new cities of the future. Fascinating topic. And I admire you and your co-founder for taking on um, such an ambitious, but, uh, but important mission. Congrats for that. And thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you for for having us and uh, hope to talk to you soon again. This has been the Fourthly Podcast. If you've liked what you've heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could spare a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Your support truly makes a difference. You can find out more at fourthly.com. Until next time, I'm Brett Waters. Thanks so much for listening.